welcome to Motherhood Unedited. I'm Shana Feingold, a licensed clinical social worker, postpartum coach, and founder of Mindful Reflections. I'm here to show you motherhood in all its glory through speaking with moms about their experiences. It's time women got the chance to speak their truth and to realize that they aren't on this journey alone. Welcome to another episode of Motherhood Unedited. This week we are chatting with Ariana Stinson about her motherhood experience. Ariana lives in New Jersey with her three kids, one of which she had during the pandemic. Throughout this season on Motherhood Unedited, I have had the opportunity to speak with a number of moms who have had a baby during the pandemic, myself included. And I think something that we can all agree on is that it has totally been unexpected. And it's not easy. Yet all of our stories and the ways that we have handled it have been so different. Nobody's experience is right or wrong. They are what they are, but it's what makes us unique. And so I'm excited to have Ariana on with me this week because she gets the opportunity to share her ups and downs, which is so important. And it helps us feel not so alone in everything that's been going on. So welcome, Ariana. Hey, Ariana. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So I want you to know that I really love hearing so many different women's perspectives on motherhood. Every mom that I bring on to the show leaves me in awe because I really just think we're so amazing. (laughs) That being said, I'm really excited to hear about your experiences, and I know everyone listening is as well. I always like to start at the very beginning before you even had any of your kids. Did you always know that you wanted to be a mom? Yeah, definitely. I was always playing dolls and all that kind of stuff, and babysitting was my thing, and I just couldn't wait to be, couldn't wait to be a mom. So thinking about how you've you've always wanted to be a mom, when you had your your first child, what was that experience like for you? Um, well, she was a surprise, so we were all a little, we were excited but super nervous because it wasn't something that we had planned on doing right away. Um, but it was exciting and it changed, it changed a lot of things. It changed relationships with people that I didn't expect it to change. And we were happier than we had expected to be. And it was just all very natural. Like it didn't, it wasn't as hard as the first child wasn't as hard as I had expected it to be. What did you think it was going to be like? Um, I thought it was going to be really hard because we were younger. So we were 22 And um, we just didn't have that picture perfect life that you expect when you have when you plan on having your first child. So we had a couple of hoops to jump over. Um, My husband was in grad school. We weren't married yet. And, you know, I was finishing up school. So it was kind of just like we were very busy. So it just wasn't that relaxing sitting at home with the newborn type of thing because we were both taking classes at the same time and he was working and it was it was a lot. Yes. It sounds like lots going on, a lot of new new things, changes, all of yeah. that. Um, so when you think about where you were when you 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 were pregnant and then uh-huh. delivery uh-huh. was delivery everything that delivery was also not from a movie. Uh, <laughs> it never so- is. It was long. It was over 30 hours. Um, They were taking forever. And then I was getting different opinions from the doctors and nurses. 
So the doctor wanted me to keep laboring and the nurse was like, this is dangerous. We're not doing it. We're going to act like you're doing it, but we're not. She's like, don't move a muscle. Don't push nothing. She's like, I just, this is just my gut feeling. So she was right. And then after, you know, 10 hours of pushing slash pretend pushing, the doctor came in and was like, oh, the baby's stuck. And if we keep going, um, the baby could end up with cerebral palsy the way that, you know, she was positioned in the birth canal. And um, they were like, we wanted to do it. We want to do a C-section if that's okay with you. And I'm like, please, let's just do this. Like, let's get it. Obviously, there's no other choice when there's health issues, you know, that Mm -hmm. potentially could be impacted. And um, then when I got to the OR, I wasn't going numb. So they were debating whether or not to put me under general anesthesia. And then because I had been in labor for so long, they had the NICU team in there and they had doubled the size of the NICU team because her heart rate was dropping and they weren't sure what was going to be happening and they had to make a quick decision. But finally, I was able to get numb and be awake for it. So that was great. Awesome. It's now, It really is very frequently not what we expect it to look like. <laughs> yeah. Right. Did you have a plan when you would meet with your OB? Um, and all no, that? I kind of went in clueless, which um, I think was for the best, and mm-hmm. just listened to what the you know the people were, the doctors and nurses were telling me. And um, the nurse that was there, we started with it was the end of her shift, but we were with her for a few hours, and then we went through a whole nother nurse. And our first nurse came back on her next shift, and um, we got to know each other in the first in like that short period of time. So I was kind of able to build a trust with her and you know, I was happy to go with her gut instinct. Yeah. That's good though. Sometimes yeah, to have no expectations in sort in, in that, in that realm. Yeah. I mean, it's not my, it's not my field. So who am I to say I know better than (laughs) somebody else? (laughs) That's true. Yes. Cause I know there are some moms who go in and they're like, I'm only having a natural birth and I'm going to have it at home. And then when things go awry and things have to change up, that's very distressing. Yeah, I'm a big baby. So I went in there saying, give me the medicine. Let me know what you need me to do. Let's just get this. (laughs) Let's just get this done. Um, So I know you have two other kids. I do. Um, What were those deliveries like or those pregnancies in comparison to the first? Um, So the first pregnancy itself was very easy. um, And the delivery was more rough. And then the other two, the pregnancies were more complicated and the deliveries were a breeze. Um, my third pregnancy was definitely the roughest. We had a few complications and being pregnant during a pandemic, we thought we were in the clear. And then that second wave hit in 2000, like at the end of 2020, beginning of 21. So um, we ended up spending like four or five months just not really seeing very many people because I was terrified something would go wrong. And if I contracted COVID with the issues that I already had, it would have been um, not good. So we just kind of hunkered down and we're, we were happy when the baby turned four weeks old and we could kind of like emerge from our yes. shelter. A little cocoon. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was having a baby in the middle of a pandemic like for you? Um, it was really emotionally taxing. Um we had to like hurt a lot of people's feelings and say that, you know, you couldn't come over or you couldn't come meet the baby. Um, We had some family members who weren't exactly compliant with our request regarding vaccination status and masking. And um, we tried to keep a lot of the meetings outdoors. Um, And it was just, it wasn't easy 
to deal with the people's reactions, but we knew what was best for us and what was best for the baby. And um, yeah, so it caused a little bit of family tension. Yes. But at the end of it, it's everybody's good now, but it just wasn't something that you can let mm-hmm. people push you on. And this was our decision and it was going to be what it is, whether you liked it or not. Yes. I think I've heard that from multiple families is that they had to make hard choices. Yeah. And people's feelings got hurt or people weren't really yeah, in it line. Yeah. It was hard because my family um, is, works in the medical field. So they were all able to be vaccinated, you know, when just the medical field was getting vaccinated and my husband family was not. So my family had privileges, I guess you could say, that we weren't allowing his family to do. Mm-hmm. And obviously that caused some tension, but it seems to be okay now. Yes. And I know you mentioned some changes in relationships when you had even your first. I don't know if any of those have been repaired or if it's a if they were good changes or Um, I would say a positive change was definitely my relationship with my family. Not that it was um, bad at any means, but you don't realize how much you need your mom until you have your own baby. And then all of a sudden, like that just, it goes from being my mom's annoying. Cause I mean, we were 22, so we were still young. So it was kind of like, she irritated me. And then once I had a baby, I realized like, Oh, I can't let her irritate me anymore. I need her help. And, um, (laughs) It's just been different in a really good way since then. And then uh, on the and then on the opposite end, his mom um, lost control of like you know what I mean. Like we became our own unit, so she couldn't be the one to be the boss, and that seems to have have a negative impact when we had like a good relationship to begin with. Gotcha. Yeah. No, that is definitely hard when you have a dynamic change in some way. So yeah, for sure. Um, How did you handle from an emotional perspective, everything that the transition into motherhood brings? Um, It was, some of it was hard and some of it was fine. You see like we had just to be content with the way that our lives were heading. And while it was different than some of our friends and we had to miss out on opportunities, we had just to embrace the opportunities we had that other people didn't at that point. So whether it was like, you know, doing more family-based activities with the baby rather than going out and spending the night in the city with friends type of thing. So we just had to wrap our heads around the new reality and just understand that we were a little different than your typical just post-grad you know, family, a couple. Yeah. I th- that is a hard part sometimes is kind of reevaluating what your priorities are. Yeah. When you have yeah. a family. Sure. Yeah. Um, is there any advice that you got that now when you look back, you're like, that wasn't the best advice I, sh- I could have gotten? Um. I don't really remember. I'm not really one to listen to advice. So things that people say, like go in one ear and go out the other. Yes. Which is it's positive and negatives. Um, but I can't think of anything that I I didn't want to listen to necessarily. I got a lot of breastfeeding advice um, that wasn't really wanted. And yeah, other than that particular topic, I can't think of anything. Once it happened, it came very naturally for my husband and I. 
Um, we work well together. We don't really argue over things like that. So we just kind of, it was very fluid. That's very, that's nice. Did you end up breastfeeding? Um, not my first. Okay. I formula fed her from the jump. Again, was very unprepared. So I didn't do any research about breastfeeding, nothing. Just kind of like went with it and gave her formula. And um, the hospital was really fi- was fine with that from the jump because a lot of hospitals will pressure you mm-hmm. into nursing. Um, but that one did not. So it was very simple. And then the other two, I did end up breastfeeding. The hospital, I delivered at a different hospital. And they were a little pushier, but also a little more helpful. So I was able to, and I prepared better for mm-hmm. that topic the following two times. And what would you say is the difference in terms of your own needs? and? Um, for me, it's just not being like tied down. I'm a busy person and um, I'm on the go constantly, whether I can't sit at home for a long length of time and I can't be like that whole two weeks after a C-section, don't drive, don't do this, don't do that. It's just really not for me. Um, so being, being stuck to a pump, especially my third time around was very difficult. So, um, luckily I ended up with a cordless one and was able just to move about. But once it started impacting the family's flow is when I drew the line and that just wasn't best for our family for me to be stationed at a chair constantly. Yeah. It really does feel that way sometimes where you're just like, I'm either pumping or I'm feeding or I'm eating to build calories or I like... Yeah. Yeah, when does it stop? <laughs> yeah. And especially as someone who who works, like that's yeah. a hard thing mm-hmm. to be attached to sometimes. Yeah. Yes. Um because I know pre-pandemic, right? You were a teacher. Uh-huh. And now you work in the social social media realm. Yeah. What's been that change? How's that been for you? Um, it's been great. So I went on maternity leave and I just, for my third pregnancy was really difficult. So being in the classroom and being pregnant with this particular time was just not like, it just kind of, I don't know, it just wasn't for me. And, um, I figured I didn't, this was the first time in my life that I didn't have to make a full-time salary and it was our last baby. So I just figured, um, I will, go back to it eventually. But at this point in life, I want to be able to take time at home and spend more time with my kids that I wasn't able to before. Um, So I did end up staying home after teaching. And just the whole pandemic situation um, kind of made me a homebody in a good way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was able to do that. For sure. No, I think that it did. It changed the pandemic has changed a lot of people's perspectives. So I enjoy working part-time. That way we can, you know, have, do things and, um, you know, be able to contribute more than nothing, but in a different way because, you know, I have other roles at home. Right. Yeah. Um, And I always say that it's all about whether you're content and happy with your station in life and how the decisions you've made. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would you say is the biggest challenge with motherhood for you? For me right now, it's the dynamic between my two oldest siblings. 
um, it's very difficult. My older daughter, she's seven. She has uh, ADHD and Tourette syndrome. So dealing with her emotional, she's not very good at expressing her emotions and processing and that kind of stuff. So my three and a half year old son um, irritates her to the core. And we try to balance it out, but we're just not good at it on our own. So um, that has definitely been the hardest, hardest thing to do because, you know, you feel bad for her because she can't process what she's feeling and she can't explain it. And um, she has a difficult time with that. And then he does it on Mm -hmm. purpose. So we are, we did reach out to um, a family counselor and we are moving forward with having them build a better relationship together. Um, Awesome. And hopefully that will help because that's definitely the hardest part. I mean, she's extremely intelligent. She's in first grade and doing all second grade topics, but socially and emotionally is where we struggle. Yeah, I think that's a hard one for a lot of parents when it comes to their kiddos because it's it's hard when you have to kind of manage their emotions when they – don't have the capacity to, to talk. Yeah. About and that. I try and I use all of the, you know, all of the de-escalation tools that I've learned and stuff I've used in the classroom. And we express using art and we move ourselves away from the problem if we need to. And, you know, we've figured out how to like calm down, but it's just not enough for us to handle on our own. So we're excited yeah. to start that and move forward. Good. I'm glad you're, you're getting some extra support. Um, what would you think or what would you say is the biggest joy of motherhood? Um, I don't know. There's a lot. Um, being able to just like small things that make them really happy or like when Ellie comes home from school and she has, she'll draw pictures of me and her like holding hands and she drew one the other day and said, my mom is the sun. Just cute stuff like that. You know, knowing that you're making an impact on on them in a positive way when you feel like you yell all day. (laughs) Yeah. That is a nice feeling when you know that you're impacting these little minds and these little lives in in so many different ways. I like surprising them with things too. Like if I go to the store and I come home with something small that I just know that they'll love, whether it's a snack or a new coloring book or something like that. And I like being able to do something special for them. Yeah. And their 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 little eyes brighten with even the smallest things to an, yeah. an adult. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be big at all. It could be the yeah. dollar play from Target, but it still makes them. Yes. Yeah. So just being able to make them happy is really a joy. Awesome. What would you say is your passion or the things that you enjoy doing for yourself? Um, I'm still finding that out. I feel like the last few years I have not done anything for myself. Um, so recently I started working out again. Um, I used to work out a ton in college and then ever since kids, I just haven't. Um, so I started working out again and I really enjoy that and I'm starting to feel better about myself physically. So that makes me enjoy shopping for clothing and spending time like going out and doing things that I was kind of like not wanting to do before because I was just unhappy with that aspect of Mm -hmm. myself. Um, But yeah, I'm still finding like finding out, figuring out what I want for myself in life. But what was something 
I mean, I know the working out piece, but what was something before you had kids that was a joy of yours? Um, I really liked volunteering and doing things for people in need. Um, I ran a lot of different types of events and volunteered at food pantries and just helped people that, you know, just it was not in your general like neighborhood situation and um, being able to make a difference in their lives um, was really something that meant a lot to me. There are a couple like particular instances. Um, there was a food bank in, in a, or was it a food bank? No, it was a, um, it might've been a food bank in Atlantic city. A soup kitchen was where it was and we were serving food and it had closed and um, a mom and her two kids came up and she was too late to enter. So I left and I like took, I stole peanut butter, jelly and bread like, and bread and just gave her the supplies and said like, I'm sorry, you can't come in, but like, I can't not do anything for you. And even though I got scolded for doing that, it was just, it made me feel good knowing that you could help somebody who truly needs it. Um, so I miss doing things like that and I need to get back into, you know, serving the yeah. community and being a better, better example. Yeah. I mean, also a pandemic kind of changes how we interact yeah. with the community a little bit, but yeah. yeah, that would be great to be able to get back into that and to feel like you're doing the thing that you love. Yeah, definitely. Helping others is like one of my, I wouldn't say, I guess, I don't know if it's a love language or, but it's just the way I show. Yeah. The the service. Is that acts of yeah. service? Yeah. 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 For sure. So when we first connected and I had asked you one word that you have would use to describe motherhood, I believe you said whirlwind. Yes. <laughs> I'd love to hear what made you decide that word or what was, I don't know. This... Um, because one day it's cool and calm and you're having the best day ever. And then the crayons spill on the floor and it turns into an absolute mess, but then you can figure out how to resolve everybody's feelings about that. And it's back to normal. And, um, there's just a lot of things you don't expect to do and things that you enjoy doing that you didn't learn that you didn't think you were going to be doing. And, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's just, you're always busy and everything's different each and every day. And you find different little things that you enjoy and dislike, and it's just not constant. And for me, not being the same and not being doing the same thing every single day and, you know, experiencing new topic, new activities and new feelings is just, it's the way I like to be, mm -hmm. I guess. I don't know. So it's just a whirlwind. Yeah. Just every, everything is, you know, Absolutely. You can't always plan ahead. No. Very often I feel like you can't plan ahead. You think that you're going to be able to do this, and then all of a sudden this kid has a big tantrum and it throws things off. Or this happens. Yep. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's nice because I'm very particular about my calendar, and if you tell me that in six months we're going to meet at the park in August at 12 p.m., I will put it in my calendar and I will be there. So I think sometimes it's good to have curveballs thrown at me to get off of that rigid structure I hold for myself and just even though I understand that my kids and family can't adhere to that it's good for me to be able to get knocked down a peg and just live in the whirlwind yeah sometimes that's right you have to live in the whirlwind that's so yeah I don't, so I don't even know if that true. makes sense but that's just kind of like what it, it what is. it feels like 
It is. You get thrown from this place to the next place to this and that, and you just have to yeah. flow with it. Absolutely. Um, when you're having a hard day, because I know as a mom, we have those. Uh-huh. What What do you do? How do you get through it? Um, when I'm having a hard day, it typically those times of the day typically hit around between like three and six o'clock are my roughest hours where the kids just seem to be out of control and you just don't have a second to stop and cook dinner and you're constantly breaking things up. So to ground myself after those crazy hours, um, I either like to jump on the Peloton and ride, or I just run to the store just to leave the house for a half an hour because I've been stuck at home with it, you know. Um, or when my husband gets up from gets home from work at like five o'clock, if it's just been crazy, I'll just be like, I just need a half an hour, and I'll go upstairs and I'll just lay in bed and scroll through my phone or read a book or go take a shower and just take a couple minutes to come back and refresh and come back with a better attitude. Yeah. How is easy is it for you to to realize you might need that time? Um, it's pretty easy. I definitely feel my 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 point hit and I know um I can sense from my kids what is going if it's going to be a day like that within the first fifteen minutes. So I kind of like prepare myself or like de escalate things or um be like you sit in this room and you sit in that room watch TV over here, watch TV over there, just so I can prevent myself from going overboard. And um, that really helps knowing, knowing that it's coming is huge, um, is huge. So I can easily deescalate myself because I can prepare myself like, all right, it's 3.30. We're going to get through two hours of this. Then I'm going to go upstairs, take a half hour shower, come back down and it'll be, they've had a break from me. I've had a break from them and it, you know, then mm-hmm. I, it's, it's pretty easy to um, de-escalate like that. Yeah. Other than noticing your child's interactions or the behaviors in that first 15 minutes, is there anything that you know within yourself when you are like, this is escalating more than I would want it to? Like, Yeah. If I can, if I'm tired, I know that it's going to happen. Um, I can just sometimes feel like certain mornings, my patience is a little, is less than others. Yes. Um, so I'll just tell them that I'll be like, look, I'm grumpy today. I don't know. I don't know why I'm grumpy today. I said, let's just be a little more patient and a little more kind with me. And I'll be a little more patient and a little more kind with you. And sometimes that helps. Sometimes it doesn't. But, um, <laughs> if I just, if I tell them off the bat how I'm feeling, then I think it like helps. And I try to do that so that that way, if they're feeling off, they also know that they can just say, Hey, I'm feeling a little grumpy today. Um, I think I just need to relax a little more than I normally would or something along those lines. That's great, though, that you're able to to voice it and to be human with them. Because I try. I mean, I can't expect my kids to regulate their emotions if they don't see any emotions coming from me. Yes. I think that's a good tip, though, for parents, because I think sometimes there's this idea that as moms or as a parent, you have to be stoic. And they mm-hmm. can't really see you fall apart or they can't see things get hard for you because then, I don't know. Yeah, we're very hard. vocal about it. Um, I mean, they don't often see me break down and cry. I'm not mm-hmm. really one that breaks down and cry. I kind of like 
compartmentalize it and then move on. And like the next day, it's like nothing happened. I can kind of just move forward. So I'm not a, I'm not a grudge holder. I'm not a lingerer. Mm -hmm. I don't break down and cry, but I can tell them like, Hey, I'm feeling frustrated today. And I can just say, I know, you know how you feel frustrated sometimes today is my turn to be, you know, feel that way. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's, I think that's the best piece of advice that I ever could give a parent is just to be able to be upfront of how you're doing and be able to show your human side to your kids. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's taught in schools now. And like, even at the preschool level, when I was teaching every day, we sat down and talked about our feelings and, um, you know, we did mindfulness together as a class. Sorry, my son is getting snacks out of the cabinet. <laughs> if you can hear that. Um, so it, we just try to be mindful of our own feelings, even at three and, you know, hopefully that example taught in the classroom, they can bring home and this is life. Sorry. I told you we're going to get one interruption. <laughs> this is life. <laughs> That's how it goes. Absolutely. And my daughter learns at an elementary school too. So feelings are all over and it's just definitely becoming more aware than when we were kids. So you know, when we were kids, we weren't necessarily told we had to hide it, but it wasn't like verbalized as often. And um, I think that's one thing I really try to do. So that way my daughter who struggles to express that can kind of learn how to do it. Yes, absolutely. I think that's such, such great changes that we've seen in the school system now for kids. So... Awesome. Yeah. So I know that it can be really hard being a mom, working, trying to make time for yourself. How do you make time for all of those things? Um, I'm really strict with bedtimes. So my daughter is seven and she's the last one to go to bed and she goes to bed at 8.15. And that gives me like an hour to hang out with my husband, decompress. Um, at that point of night, we're finished with dishes. We're finished, you know, um, household chores are done. So we either watch a show or just hang out. And I'm really strict. I don't mess around with my bedtime. So my kids all sleep through the night. Um, between 10 and 12 hours. And I've always been that way where that nighttime is my time. Yeah. I think that's an important piece because we need our own time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I work at home during nap times. So when the boy, my two boys at home are taking a nap, I'm doing work on the computer. So that time's not really even my time. So I am very, very admin about that time. Absolutely. What about social life? Is that a thing? You're like, what is that? Or is that like, no, I absolutely have that. I mean, it's kind of hard post-pandemic. You don't really know that many people in because mm-hmm. you haven't been interacting in your kids' school and stuff. And we are still in a little bit of a different place than a lot of our friends, even though that we're 30 now. A couple of our friends are like just getting engaged. And um, yeah. so having three kids versus having zero kids is a big, big difference. So sometimes like our childless friends will come over our house and hang out um which is nice but we happen to got really lucky and we live in a cul-de-sac and two of our neighbors 
are also in their early 30s and they all they both have three-year-olds and babies after that so um i think the six of us have become fairly close and we kind of just hang out whether the kids are playing in the street or we put the kids to bed and do like a fire pit in you know one of our driveways while everybody's sleeping at night or you know just staying local with the we kind of just have like a little pod because the pandemic we never did anything but hang out with each other yeah so we got I think we got lucky we got really lucky that's really nice do you feel like the quality of your friendships have changed since pre-kids and post-kids I do I feel like you have less friends but better friends um and that not everybody is going to understand that you can't go to dinner at seven o'clock and that you go to a five thirty dinner or you're going to experience an absolute meltdown. Um, so you can roll with the five thirty dinners. If not come over after you're done, your seven o'clock reservation. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, you know, different. It's different now. So you, we seem, we tend to like go with people now that have kids because they understand and they empathize with you versus, um, our friends that come over and like get our kids all wound up at eight o'clock and yes don't understand it is it is interesting yes it absolutely I mean the moment I think people have kids it it changes and how we manage our day and our time changes and so yeah when you interact with people who don't have kids I don't think you ever really truly understand what it's like to be a parent until you become one. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I would say that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I was a child therapist for many years. And then when I finally had my kid, I was like, wow, all the advice I used to give or the ways that I used to handle this, all not how I would do it now, <laughs> now that I have kids of my own. So, Good to know. very if interesting. If a child therapist, make sure they have kids first. <laughs> yes. I, I That's how my belief <laughs> people can have a lot of ideas of how you manage kids until yeah. you have them. And you're like, Hmm, I can see how I, that advice is not working. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it doesn't always work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would agree though, that the quality changes and sometimes it changes for the better where you just get far more personal. Yeah. I have zero regrets. Yeah. And I mean, having not having kids I don't know what I do with my time there are so many so many only so many restaurants you can go to so many bars like what do you I don't know I just I can't imagine I I agree yeah absolutely um so let's talk I just want to talk a little bit about your new venture in social media what I know you get the opportunity to work from home but what kind of drove you to the social media route? Um, so I always saw things that on Pinterest that could be like, oh, become a virtual assistant, uh, you know, do this and do that. And you can work from home and make your own hours. And I was like, nah, there's no way that this actually is a thing. So it's just kind of like, well, while I'm home, let me dive a little more into it um, and see if it actually is a huge scam or if it's a real thing. So obviously I'm on my phone all day scrolling through my personal Instagram um, and Facebook and Pinterest and this and that. So I started seeing, I joined a couple of Facebook groups that are like women entrepreneur groups and it really was a thing. And I just, um, I knew applied my own Instagram and social media skills to different businesses. So now I just help, um, I try to keep it under 15 hours a week so that way I can do it during my boys nap time. And, 
I'm able to make as much as I was as a preschool teacher doing social media. And I feel like I can still live this double life that um, I wanted to be the stay-at-home mom, but I also am not going to give up my shopping or my or my activities and stuff like that. So um, the social media route just kind of came really easily and I was able to like uh, interact and market myself. And yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy helping other businesses too. And I like seeing how I can help them grow and how they can receive, you know, either whether it's more customers or like different connects and just being able to help them grow in a way that they didn't think they needed the help, but, um, it, it really works out well. I do love it. Yeah. Isn't that crazy though, how you can have a full-time job as a preschool teacher and you're making just as much working 15 hours. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with that whole system, but. Right. It's, it's insane to me that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's providing me the opportunity to live this time period in my life with my own kids and, um, you know, that type of thing. I do intend on going, I have my pre-K to five degrees, so I do intend on going to public school once my older son, my youngest son is eligible to be in school and doesn't need childcare, but um, it works really well for our family right now, not being, not sending the kids to daycare and my husband's job's a little wonky, so all the drop-offs and pickups would be falling on my shoulders. So it just takes stress off being able to work from home and, you know, help other businesses and still feel productive and still feel like I'm making a difference, but, you know, on my own terms versus the schedule. Absolutely. In some ways you get to have your cake and eat it too because you get to have that opportunity. So that's, that's really great. And I like, I like to hear that there are, opportunities like that available for moms because sometimes we think that there's we're almost trapped it's like we either have to be this one or the other yeah one or the other pick a mom or yeah. pick your job so, you can't get off great so i always love to end with the piece of advice that you would give moms that are just venturing into the motherhood sphere and what would that be I had to give any advice, it would be to not listen to anybody's advice, do what's in your heart. And (laughs) um, you're never going to be fully happy with your choice unless you made the choice and you can't let anybody tell you what's best for you and your baby. And, you know, only, you know, what is best for you and your family. So not to let other people's opinions and stuff affect the way that you're doing it because you're the best mom for your baby and that is what it is. Yes. Great advice. I agree 100%. So if someone wanted to contact you for any social media assistance, how would they go about doing that? Um, You can search on Instagram. So I'm Ariana Web Assist or you can send me an email at arianawebassist at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, Ariana, thank you so much for being here today. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you. Um, You really are an inspiration for so many moms. Thank you for having me. It's nice to share that it's not always perfect, but it makes it worth it in the end. No, no. Motherhood's just not perfect at all. Yeah. But 
Thank you everyone for tuning in today. Be kind to yourself and see you next week. Thank you for listening to today's episode on Motherhood Unedited, where we are getting real and raw about the mom life. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it gave you some clarity on your own motherhood journey. Don't forget to download and share the episode with anyone you feel who could truly benefit from the message. Also, if you have enjoyed listening to Motherhood Unedited, please take a moment and write a review. Your feedback is greatly appreciated. My goal with this podcast is to give back to mothers everywhere in a variety of ways. Right now, the place that I am putting much of my focus is in the Ukraine. That being said, for every review I receive, I will be donating a dollar to UN Women USA to help mothers and children who are fleeing and fighting for their lives in the Ukraine. Every woman and child deserves to feel loved and safe. Your support means more to me than you know. Lastly, if you are a mother struggling right now, please connect with me. My practice, Mindful Reflections, is here to help any way that we can. Check out my website at mindfulreflections.com. Thank you again for tuning in. See you next week.